Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, As we step into John 8 and Jesus's invitation, I am the light of the world. Uh, Many of you know that I'm a runner. I guess I, I like running. I like to think of myself as a runner, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, I, I have recently uh, been able to run with several of you guys in here, which has been fun uh, and just uh, and meaningful and good uh, for me, uh, health mentally and otherwise, so thank you. But recently I ran, uh, uh, one of you guys took me uh, on a trail I hadn't run, which was Bush Creek Trail, I think, is that right? Bush Creek, Quentin, Bush Creek, Bush, Bush Creek. Down there by the plaza, right, the little the waterfront there at the plaza, and we it was an early Saturday morning, and uh, sat you know got down there ready to go, and uh, we, we we headed due east, I think, straight into the sun, and it was beautiful, right? It was cool, a little a little cold, a little crisp. Like, do you wear long sleeves? You know the dilemmas of a runner, but uh, I don't know. Do I wear my spandex? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, right, like. Uh, you know, it was kind of cool, and uh, but we, we took off east uh, along the river straight into the sun. As uh, You know, it was still light, but it w- wasn't shining in its full glory. And I got to tell you, it was, a, it was just, it just felt good, right? It was bright and, and warm. It filled the eyes and the heart. Uh, it, just, it just was a really sort of uh, great feeling. And, and I think, I want to suggest to you that our reading this morning uh, I hope it creates the same kind of uh, response. I think when we, when we hear Jesus say, I am the light of the world, and it's like running into the sun, right? It just it is this beautiful, particularly in a world that feels so dark, not just feels, but, but is, right? That is so dark and full of so much brokenness uh, to hear Jesus say in the midst of all that, I am the light of the world. Man, it's like running. It's like running into the sun. One, one song that has been on my running playlist that may, may or may not be my walk-up music. I don't know. It probably wouldn't work. But anyway, uh, it's a little song called Countdown by a little group called Phoenix. And uh, I don't really know what the song's about. I, I enjoy it. But there is a lyric in it that has, like, uh, that has, that has hung with me as I've sat with John 8. And they repeat this refrain, you know, true and everlasting. Uh, true and everlasting, that's what you want, this maybe ache for something more substantive. But then, but then the music drops and uh, gets quiet, and they, they repeat this, this line, we're sick, 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 sick. I don't know how many times they say it. We're sick, 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 sick for the big sun, right? We're sick, 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 sick for the big sun. And, and I, I think of that lyric when... When I look at headlines, when I look around the world, when, when, when I sort of observe the fact that the world feels really dark, very cold, the news that there is light, right? It's just, I mean, it, it's, like, it's like the first uh, light's sun, right? The, the sun's first light that just sort of thaws the dew from the previous night. It just, it, it, it reminds me there is this ache in me and us that we are sick, sick, sick for the big sun. I I, I would assume you feel it in your life. I feel it. I would imagine we feel it personally in relationships or aspirations or brokenness in our own stories and lives. I imagine we feel that sickness, right? We are sick for the light of the big 
son. But, but I would assume as well, you probably feel it when you're doom scrolling in social media or reading headlines or uh, just observing the brokenness of the world around you, right? It, it comes at us from outside. It comes up from inside. But we, we know this ache, sick, sick, sick for the big son, right? We, we know that. And to hear Jesus say to that spot in your life and mine, I am the light of the world. Man, it, it just reverberates with, with warmth and life and good news. It, it is an expansive statement. And, and I think one way we, we understand just how big this is is by looking at, at the context a little bit. Uh, and, and uh, you know, ironically, we're going to kind of zero in on a narrower context to help us get a sense for just what Jesus is saying here. And, and that context comes at us, as uh, Aaron read for us, we see it at the end, that he was at the temple uh, in the treasury kind of speaking to religious leaders. But the timing of this declaration, John tells us, was the Feast of Tabernacles. Like we saw last week, it was a moment of celebration for the people of God. And what they were celebrating uh, was their trip out of slavery and into the promised land and God's provision for them along the way, specifically that through fire and cloud, he would light their way and lead them from death to life, right? That he would lead them through the wilderness from death to life. And, and one of the ways that would remember this moment, that this was God with them, leading them by his light, was that this festival, they would, they would light torches, four torches, kind of large torches in the context of the, of the temple there. And it's, it's, it's within this sort of flicker of those lights, uh, scholars think, that Jesus makes this declaration, these torches blazing largely and bright enough to sort of cast a glow over that section of the city, that within the sort of flicker of those flames, Jesus stands up and says, I am the light of the world, right? Everyone is remembering, oh, God has led us from, from slavery to freedom, from death to life, right? remembering this moment from their history and uh, leading us by his light, fire through the desert. And Jesus stands up, identifies himself as that very presence. I am the light of the world. It's big. It's bigger than just their moment, bigger than their sort of unique feelings. It's tied to all that God has done to work life for them in the past. I am the light of the world, but but if we if we just zoom the lens out a little bit more, so that's kind of the particular context. But if we just situate this uh, invitation in the story of John's gospel, uh, specifically, let's go right back to the beginning. Uh, back 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 to the beginning, isn't that a anyway like Taylor Swift or something? I don't know. Anyway, I have no idea. I appreciate that you laughed at me just there, though. So that's great. Uh, now it's gonna, it's like in my, I gotta let it go. All right. Uh, John 1, listen to what he says. In the beginning, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, does that like strike any uh, familiar sort of moments in scripture? Anyone? In the beginning, where, where do you go immediately there? Genesis, right? Like, so not just the beginning of John, but deliberately, John is taking everyone in his description of Jesus all the way back to the very beginning. Of all of it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, the Word Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And then John says this In Him was life, and that life was the light for everyone. Right? The light, he says, John will say, shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not overcome it. 
right? So by deliberate association, John, uh, as Jesus stands up and says, I am the light of the world, in the context of all that has come previously in John's gospel, uh, it takes us not just to the story of the Exodus, but all the way back to the beginning when God would breathe life and life into a dark, formless, and void space. And John says, now Jesus, in this moment, that same life is at work in the light that I will bring into the world. I am the light of the world. It just, it resonates. It, it reverberates with this sort of expansive understanding of what Jesus is saying here, that all the dead places in your life, are the, all the formless and void spaces in your life, all, all of that, right, all the places where you need leading a direction from, uh, from death to life, all of that, right, all these associations with what God had done in the past, Jesus stands and says, I am the light of the world. And to a people, then and now, who are sick, 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 sick for the big son. What remarkable news, right? You're thinking great news, right? And, and, and you're thinking, yes, certainly everyone who heard him that day said the same thing. Wow, unfortunately, no. As Aaron read for us, right, uh, that is not, this is not received as good news at all, which begs the question, Why? Right, like in the, in the announcement of this moment, Jesus saying, I am light to all the darkness in your life. Uh, interestingly, it, this declaration is followed up immediately with conflict, resolution. The reaction of the religious people in this story is to immediately push back. Why? Yes, Jesus is the light of the world, but to people who love darkness, as John has made clear to us over and over and over again, this is maybe not the best of news. And that was true uh, in what Aaron read for us this morning, right? So Jesus makes this announcement, I'm the light of the world. And immediately the Pharisees, the religious leaders say to him, right? They, they sort of gloss over the content of what he's saying and start to attack his argument, right? The, the sort of the way, you, you, the way you're saying what you're saying means we cannot trust you. And, and they get into this sort of technical language. You're bearing witness about yourself, a reverence to something Jesus had said earlier. Consequently, because you're bearing witness about yourself, your testimony is, is not true. And this this lengthy conversation, even beyond the paragraph that we read. And what they're doing is sort of attacking the finer points of Jesus' argument here. Specifically, their issue, as we saw even in our reading, is with the connection Jesus is making to the Father. Right? Their refusal, and, and, and Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. And now sort of they start to attack kind of how he is able to make that statement because of the association he's making between himself and, and the Father. All those illusions we've just uh, considered, right? Exodus and creation. Uh, Jesus, I am the light of the world. Well, well, wait, wait, wait a minute, right? And immediately there's opposition. But this has been opposition from the beginning of the story of John's gospel. The light, he says, shines in the darkness, the darkness is not overcome it, but inherent in this moment is, is the feeling of, of pushback, of conflict. Light isn't welcome, right? Darkness doesn't want to receive it. And we feel that tension growing in this conversation between the religious leaders and Jesus. It's, it's, it's happened over and over again. Jesus would make a statement or a claim, and, and it's just, we're, we're not ready to accept what it is that you're saying, and there's pushback, yes, and there's opposition. The feeling, as we get to this chapter in chapter 8, the feeling is like, man, is anybody going to trust what Jesus is saying? Is anybody going to trust what he's saying? What we, what we seem to find all along the way is just opposition and frustration, failure, 
to understand or welcome or receive the light, which prompts a verse we didn't read, but at the end, towards the end of this conversation, Jesus will say to them, in their reluctance to receive the light that he offers, he will say, I told you that you would die in your sins unless you believe that I am he. Unless you believe that I am, explicitly, unless you believe that I am, he says another reference to his father, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And it's a rather sad moment, but I think it reveals the truth that I think is still true uh, for you and me, for the world still, that we love darkness. We ache for the good news of light, but man, if we're honest, we love the dark. We're left with the question or the feeling, is there any hope? Will anyone trust Jesus? He makes this beautiful promise, this invitation, and we're left with the feeling, man, will anyone trust Jesus? And I want to suggest to you that uh, in our the context of our passage this morning, the answer is yes. There is hope to be found here, but it's not where we expect. In fact, it, it comes to us in verse 28, which we didn't read, but again, it's all one long conversation, uh, right? So Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. People push back, and he's like, look, unless you sort of open your life up to this truth, you will die in your sins. And will anyone believe, we're wondering, and Jesus says to them, when you have lifted up, in verse 28, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. Right? When you have lifted up the Son of Man. And, and this over and over again in John's gospel is sort of a play on words, right? Uh, which we'll, we'll consider in a moment. But I want to suggest to you that what Jesus hints at here is the truth and the hope of the gospel in your life and mine. That Jesus lights up the world, right? He lights the world up precisely when he lays his life. Right, the good news of the gospel, the surprising truth of, of this statement Jesus makes on the light of the world is that he lights the world up when he lays his life down, which is, which is what is wrapped up in this language. It's like when, when the Son of Man is, is lifted up, well, yeah, it means the glorification that he would be exalted. But the moment in John's gospel over and over again where that will be true is when he is literally lifted up on the cross. It, it, it shows up, that language shows up in the context of John 3.16, really familiar, beautiful statement, God so loves the world. In the context of that conversation, Jesus again will say, you will know, right, the Son of Man will be lifted up. That his lifting up is actually a moment in which Jesus will lay, will of his own accord lay his life down. And that somehow, right, what Jesus is saying here, I'm the light of the world, right, that at the, that what's the moment when that light will be on greatest and fullest display? When will it be recognizable to the people to whom he's talking or to you or me? When will it become apparent that Jesus is the light of the world? Jesus says to them, it will be when I lay my life down and I'm lifted up on the, on the cross. Not, not the place you would expect to find the glorious light of God and Christ shining in your life or in the world. That, that what Jesus says is when he lays his life down, that it's in that moment that his grace will take the sin of the world on himself and in its place, offer forgiveness. I, I think, man, what does that look like for you and me? And this has all been great. Yes, it's all been great. But it occurs to me, right, like where we started, man, you, you can readily admit our world seems so full of darkness. Violence, racism, fear, anger, all of these things, sickness, right, like seem to be uh, in no short supply in our world. The world seems full of darkness. And, and, and I think at times, like perhaps the religious leaders in this passage, it's, it's easy for us to, to kind of point the finger 
out there. But interestingly to me, in this moment, what Jesus does in, in pointing us to the cross as the, as the display of, of the light of the world, he sort of stops us short of, of, of doing that. He, he kind of pulls the rug out from under, like doesn't really give us a leg to stand on. By drawing our attention to the cross as the source of the light of the world, he says, you know, what? that's really what, what you need to understand is at the cross, everyone's a sinner. We're all sinners. We all love darkness instead of light. We are, in fact, all in need of God's grace. All of us. And it's, it's that revelation or that truth that shines a bright light of gospel and grace in your world and in mine. I've, I've mentioned to you before that I, I've been reading some books to the girls uh, each, each night. Uh, we, we finally, it's been great, but I'm ready to move on to something else. Four books long, The Mysterious Benedict Society, right? which has nothing to do with what I'm about to tell you, but it's just an unnecessary detail that you can just let pass right through. But I think it was Christmas time. I don't remember. Uh, perhaps because I'm getting old, I haven't quite determined how to interpret this gift, but I got a headlamp to help with the reading, right? So I can put it around my head, plop it on, because it's a dim light. We got the lamp on and but it's been great, right? I can shine it on my, on my book, and, and it's great. It's great for me, really, but it's a bit annoying for everyone else in the room, right? Like, uh, I'm reading, I look up to talk to someone, right? Dad, you know, turn, turn it off. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't see what the problem is, but uh, here's what I think uh, Jesus addresses uh, in this passage, is that over time, having once been introduced to the light the glorious light of the world, our conception of that light diminishes, right? We, we, it just, it just kind of dims a bit, and, and we, we decide, man, what we really want is a headlamp Jesus, right? We want, to, we want a headlamp Jesus because we can control him. We can direct his light. We can aim it, while all the while we remain comfortably positioned in the dark, outside of the heat of, of that exposing, uh, penetrating light in our life. In fact, what, what does Jesus say earlier in the gospel? That light, the light itself is judgment. He says, this is judgment. Light has come into the world, and that light reveals the truth that we are all sinners. There's another song that's been uh, on the rotation in, in my running. I was pointed towards it a, a while ago, just kind of come back to the surface, but uh, by the killers, it's called, uh, it's a new one they released, I think, like last, into last year, Running Towards a Place, and there's a lyric at the beginning that uh, I'll just like keep repeating the first like 45 seconds, you know, just kind of let it, letting it sink in, but, but the, they begin the song with this line, give, give me the eyes that I may see the good in my people and the trouble in, in me, and when I hear Jesus say, I'm the light of the world, it occurs to me that my eyes are much better adjusted to seeing the trouble in people and, and the good in me, right? The, but, but the gospel, when Jesus points us to the cross, he's, he just says, again, just yanks the rug out from under all of that, says that is not the way it works, right? That, man, while we want a Jesus, like Jesus is my headlamp, right? That's just what we want. In fact, uh, just prior to this statement in John's gospel, the immediate context in John's gospel is Jesus stepping between a group of people holding stones, ready to sling them at a woman caught in, adul in adultery. Right, if there was ever a Jesus is my head lip kind of moment, uh, that was it. And Jesus steps in, and, and what does he do? What happens in that moment? He shines a blazing light on all of them. None of them leave the same. All of them are confronted, right? All of them are, are invited to change. The light that he shines on the woman, on the religious fellows getting ready to throw stones, all of them leave 
invited into something new and different, exposed for who they were, but invited into new life. See, we want, we want a headlamp, Jesus. But when he says, I'm the light of the world, he invites us into the truth that he is a blazing sun. <laughs> a blazing sun who exposes not just the darkness out there, but in here as well. And you ask the question, why is that good news, <laughs> right? Like, uh, wow, where is the gospel in that? Because I think, again, the truth is Jesus lights the world up by laying his life down, that when he makes this statement, right, the, 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 maybe the structure we've used because he is the light of the world, uh, right, well, what does that mean for you and me? Well, I think what it means for you and me is now I can give up running around in the dark. I can give up trusting, right, my own ability or need to kind of hold the light, direct it, because it's not mine to shine or give, it's mine to receive and rest in. Why is this good news? You guys can come on up. We're going to close in prayer. But why is this good news? I want to suggest to you, because of the moment, right? Because of the moment that uh, you're inclined to wilt under the blazing light and heat of God's sun, right? That at the moment when you consider the fact that his light reveals all that is true in your life and mine, at the moment when we're tempted to kind of wilt under that heat, what we find instead is our eyes adjust, right? We squint, we look, and as we finally start to make sense of what we can see, that what we find at the center of that light is the forgiveness and grace of the cross. The one who would lay his life down, the one who would exchange it, if you will, extinguish his light to remedy our darkness. Right, the one who, who would lay his life, the one, the one who would lay his life down so that we could know the light of life ourselves, who would allow his life to be extinguished on a cross so we can know the glorious light and life of the resurrection. And so I ask you the question this morning that I have been wrestling with this week myself, where is darkness winning the day in your life? And right there, right into that moment we hear Jesus say I am the light of the world and we don't have to strive and work we don't have to generate the light ourselves where we may expect to find rebuke or condemnation much as the people in the story prior to this moment where we may expect to find all sorts of other things blinded by the light of Jesus' goodness what we find is grace and forgiveness I don't know what that space is for you that is the gospel truth for you this morning. Jesus is the light of the world. And that's good news because at the heart of that light is the cross. I want to invite you guys to stand with me. We're going to do as we've done the last few weeks. Again, it's not the way we always do it, but uh, it just seems like an, an easy way for us to step into sort of wrapping up this text this morning. And we're going to pray something together and then finish with a, a simple song. Um, and I want to ask you to do this, right? Like, uh, I'm going to introduce the prayer, read a bit, and I just want you all to pray with me. I am the light of the world. Like, let's give it a practice run, right? So I, I'll introduce the prayer. Hey, we're going to pray, and you're going to say, I am the light of the world. And so here's what I want you to do, right? I want you to maybe think for just a moment, whatever headlamp you're, you're hanging on to in your life, whatever thing you're, you're trying to control to just kind of, you know, 
keep you comfortably positioned. And maybe you're trying to shine some light yourself on some dark places in your life. All that effort, all that work. I just want you to kind of think about those spaces in your life. Just, just kind of set it out in, in front of you, if you will. And then just picture the sunrise, the blazing light of Jesus' grace and goodness just flooding over whatever dim light you're trying to generate yourself, right? And, and, and what this will be is an invitation for you just to rest in the truth and the invitation that Jesus is the light of the world. So we're, we're going to begin uh, here with me. I think all the words are here. When we are lost in the dark, Jesus, unsure of our way, we hear your invitation. I am the light of the world. Jesus, where our world is broken and full of violence, we remember your words with hope. I am the light of the world. God, when our vision is impaired and what is good and right and true blurs out of focus in our hearts and in the world, we look to you who said, I am the light of the world. Where the darkness of racism and justice, seek to envelop the world without or our hearts within. God, we rely on your promise. I am the light of the world. And when sickness, grief, or fear dim the light in my life, I hope in the one who said, I am the light of the world. And finally, God, when I am tempted to aim stones at others, myself. I rest in the grace of your promise. I am the light of the world. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.